You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. He is accustomed to giving up his own will before the greater good as he sees it. I have no doubt that if Alindi reaches the Well of Ascension, he will take the power and then, in the name of the presumed greater good, give it up. Hmm. Chapter 49. <laughs> mm, yes, secrets. Mm. All right. This so, week begins the Sanderlanch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. It starts and it doesn't stop. All right, so 49. Uh, we have Vin's point of view as Tendril is incredibly unhappy about Ellen leaving. Uh, she doesn't believe in the Hero of Ages. She thinks that Ellen's a fool, even more so than she normally does, for letting Vin pull him away and take him away. And she basically says, you'll be known as a coward. And Vin's like, well, you know, she, uh, you know, she stalks off after that. And Vin's like, you know, she might have a point. I I believe this, but that doesn't mean it's true. This could be nothing, and we could just be dooming everyone. But Ellen trusts Vin, and if Vin says that this is what they're going to do, this is what they're going to do. Well, Orianne shows up, and the squad's ready to head out, and Tendril's like, nah, I'm not leaving. And the group heads out. I think this was, again, really cool. We see another use of pewter dust, by the way. Pocket pewter. Mm-hmm. Again, pocket pewter part two. Electric boogaloo. So she gets these big, big, big bags of pewter dust, and as they're riding out, she reflects the arrows, and then the next set of arrows that get shot out towards her are going to be wooden, and so what she does is she sprays the pewter dust out, and it allows her to pick up more dust off the ground with her push, and basically like hits them with like a sandstorm. And I realized, like, do you know how terrible that would be? Oh my gosh. That's like inhaling fiberglass. Something like that. I mean... <clears throat> it'd be pretty gnarly and it's being pushed into you so. yeah it is it's just terrible but uh they all ride out and after they're kind of safe you know, at a safe distance orianne goes thanks bye and <laughs> rides in a different direction and the group's like and eh, never liked her anyway and they just let her go so spook spook ellen and vin begin their adventure and then we get a breeze point of view and he's super happy to see them go but what has him Sazed, Clubs, and Demu all kind of chatting on the wall and kind of nervous is that in the Kolos camp, there is a gigantic column of black smoke. And they're like, yeah, that's not, uh, that's not campfires. That has to be something else. But, uh, Club, the big thing here is when, when they're leaving, Demu says, like, may Kilsir watch over them or something like that. And Club's, like, tears into him and is like, and kind of tears into Sazed because Sazed is like, hey, don't dismiss their beliefs. And Club's is like, Sazed, out of everyone here, you saw Kelsier, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're an mm-hmm. idiot for believing this. But Sazed sticks to his guns as he believes all religions, even though he knows the ones to be created by Kelsier to be false, have their place and deserve respect. And so. Yeah, we get a a Straff point of view at that point, essentially. And he's not getting better. He's shaky. He's sweating terribly. He feels awful. 
And then he remembers Zane's world, words, a man should not kill his father. And he goes, you're just too much of a coward to do it with the knife. He poisoned me. And he calls for Amaranta. And when she comes in, she starts making the, the antidote for him. But because he's a Tenai, he notices she's not making it right. She's not making it the same way that she's made it every other time. And when he goes to question her, he kind of pulls down her dress and he sees at the top of one of her breasts a bunch of scratches, a bunch of scars from where she was cut. And he's like, I recognize Zane's handiwork anywhere. And it turns out that the two were lovers after Straff had discarded her. And on her request, Zane had been pretending to poison him so she could get him addicted to a drug, to one of the medications. And he's having withdrawals. So... In a fit of rage, he accidentally kills her because he, he even says himself, he goes, I just wasn't feeling myself because if I was, I would have forced her to give me the antidote or give me the right drug, but he ends up killing her. And so he takes a concoction of all of the herbs at once, just hoping that he hits the right one. And then he passes out. So that is the end of 49. Pretty quick, pretty quick through. Chapter 50, we get an Orianne point of view. Uh, I was like, super excited about this because the whole time I was thinking, you know, is she a spy? Is she not? Does she care for Breeze? Does she really not care for Breeze? And the answer is all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has a bandit taking her to Set's army. Uh, very uh, Tyrion Game of Thrones-esque here. Uh, she, with her rioting ability, convinces all of them, or in her own words... A, a, a rich reward and money it can make any man a gentleman. <laughs> and so she gets this bandit group to escort her back to Set's army. And she first saw Breeze, she explains in her own mind, she first saw Breeze as a challenge. You know, making someone like Breeze fall in love with her. Now that is an incredible challenge. But then she kind of caught the feels too. And here we are. So Orion gets back in, sees Set, and we all we know now that Set's kingdom is in trouble. There's rebellions everywhere, and there is a new lord, Lord Yeoman, who has now successfully led a rebellion and has taken control of Set's kingdom. And we learn that Yeoman is an obligator. Oof, that's not good. But Set has determined that, you know, or Orian tells Set that they're going to go back and basically help whichever side uh well sorry Orion says they need to go back you're going to go back you're going to arrive and you're going to help whichever side's going to win because we need friends and you were wrong i was right ha 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 you owe me five dresses and he's like yeah and we learn here that set not only cares about orian but orian is kind of the mastermind <laughs> of this whole thing of this yeah. whole thing and we were still up to that point. I was thinking, does she care or does she not? Is she just like the overall five head genius here, right? Just galaxy braining the situation. And no, she admits to herself, this is a very small chance, but I'm sorry, Breeze. This is the best chance I can give you. And so she is doing it all for Breeze. We get an Ellen's point of view. Uh, Vin and Ellen really have needed time away. They are actually like sleeping in. They're on their trips. They're 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 going seriously, but 
you can see that their their tensions kind of unraveling at this point, having not have the overbearing weight of a siege on your hands, nightly assassins, you know. And you can just you get to see them finally be them again, like the like the the versions of them you saw in the courts most of the time, uh, joking, relaxed, and just spending time with each other. But um, the big thing here is Vin goes out and talks to Spook. And Spook says he feels useless. He feels absolutely useless. And he's always, like, flaring up his tin. And Vin's pointing it out, like, why are you doing that? There's no need to. And she's like, he just... He feels like he wants to do more, and this is his way of doing more. But uh, she gets nervous because she knows the the mist spirit, you know, can be seen as dangerous. And someone or something is following them. We go back to Straff's point of view. He's woken up. And he's amazed to have woken up. And he believe and he the first thing he asked one of the people is like how long I've been out and I think it was like a day or something. Mm-hmm. And then he was like why what, why didn't Lord uh what is what's his name Gen- General General? Yeah, something like that. General, I'm going to call him General. Lord he's like why didn't General General kill me? And he's like, why would any, like, he just plays dumb. Why would anyone ever try to kill you, sir? And he's like, ah, Zane's reputation is, they don't know he left yet. Mm-hmm. And his reputation was good enough by itself to save me. Because even Straff knows someone would take him out. Mm-hmm. He's, he's such a psychopath. The minute someone had a chance, they would. So he's happy and he goes, huh, I win. And he tells them to pull out. And everyone's like, why? They were going, we're going to attack. And he goes, yeah. We're just going to pull out. And he goes with Zane's plan of letting the Koloss sack the city first. We get to Sazed's point of view. Wow. This is the best. This is my favorite part of the Sander Lounge. It jumps between so many, many different people. Per- yep. All through what the chapters. It, what it reminds me of, like, spoiler free here, is the ending portion of uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, where, like, the last, like, 30 episodes play over the span of, like, two hours. But it's everyone's point of view. Right. It just so keeps cool. jumping through people. So that's when you know <laughs> you're going into the Sander Lounge. Yeah. And so uh, uh, it says his point of view back, and it's been three days at this point, and he's been storing attributes up for a fight. Um, he's storing everything now. He's storing these rings, and Clubs reports to him that Straff's army finally pulled out, meaning they're in trouble because they know the Coloss are coming now. Um, they point out that Penrod had sent multiple messengers to Straff, and Straff had the last one executed and so, yeah, that plans off too. So Penrod's whole betrayal was for nothing. Um, but um, we learned a little bit about more about the the, the keeper's metal mines because we learned that gold now is used for storing health. I can't remember whether that was told before, but he specifically mentions that. He specifically mentions that bronze stores wakefulness, um, which he was not storing, I believe, because uh, health, he had to remain sickly. Wakefulness, he had to sleep longer while he stored it. And he right. could not store other attributes but wakefulness while sleeping. Mm-hmm. So, um, Club, Clubs and Sazed are pretty happy that it took four days because, as they both mentioned, uh, Vin's too far now to turn around and help them. Because uh, they just... Say, clubs points out, if Vin was even a day or two away and she heard, somehow figured out what was happening, she'd be back mm-hmm. in a moment to save them. And they didn't want that. So they're happy that it took that long. And Sazed's pretty pretty upset that Tendril is not leaving. Clubs is like, hey, you know, you need to go talk to her. But before that, I just wanted to let you know, uh, because Clubs is ever so blunt. The we have eight gates to defend, twenty thousand soldiers, eight gates. That ain't that isn't nothing. Like, we're in trouble. It's gonna be bad. We're gonna lose really quickly. <laughs> um 
yeah, go talk to Tindwell because this is for sure your last chance. Mm-hmm. And so Sazed goes and does it. But beforehand, he gives clubs religion. This is the first time we've seen this occur. This book, right? Him giving someone a religion? Uh, other, other than the marriage thing. There's that. And then he also, I think he had a few requests here and there, maybe like, or uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think I could swear there was something a little bit like really, really early on when we first got back. But yeah, no. I, but we, uh, we get, we get a religion from Sazed. And he called it the Dadrida, Dadrida, I think, religion. And basically it said that to be an artist was more important to be a priest. They believed that there was one God, and to get close to that God, they created artwork. Mm -hmm. And we get this cool glimpse into clubs again. He's been the hard, grizzled veteran up to this point. We didn't know he was a general in the first book until he took command and just walked the heck out there. Right. Um. But we learned he is a carpenter. He is an artist at heart. Says he gives him this one. And up to this point, he's like, you're trying to give me a, a stupid religion. But he pauses when Says he gives him this one. Because Says tells it how he sees it. You're not a warrior. You're a warrior because you have to be. You're an artist. Mm-hmm. You're a carpenter. And he takes it. And he wears the symbol, which I think is is pretty huge for Clubs' character. But Says goes and sees Tyndall. And Tyndall is talking with Dachshund. And... It's kind of sad. I, I don't like seeing Doxon the way he is now because Doxon's super kind of excited and he's taking over everything and he's planning the defense of the city. And Sazed points out, you're only like that because the only noble people we care about, Vin, or Ellen here and Vin, are gone, which means you have complete control over Kelsier's crew. And Sazed's like, well, you know... He doesn't trust a nobleman, but it's so interesting how he's the most noble manish, manish, I guess, like out of all of them. But uh, he 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 does tell Docs and give him this one advice. I know you don't like noblemen, but uh, you need to make sure that you let them stay in command because we can't break chain of command and we can't have a mutiny occurring essentially in the middle of a siege. It's not going to go well. And Docson agrees to this, but Docson says. In exchange, I want one of each of our crew members to be at each gate. Because these noblemen, if they break, we need someone we know for sure can be in command. And so he gives Sazed his own gate that he is responsible for. And Zinc uh, gate, I think. Uh I yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Zinc Gate, yeah. No, I want to say Zinc Gate is no, stop. <laughs> I don't think it's Zinc Gate, but uh, it might be. Point being, he's given his own gate, and he's given a battalion of a thousand soldiers to hold that gate. Well, oh no, Steelgate. I wrote it down. Steelgate. Steelgate. There Steelgate. Because, okay. uh, yeah, anyway, I can't say more. Dachshund is uh, happy that Ellen and them are gone because he's taking over. And Sazed and Tendril move to talk. And Tendril believes that hope is never wasted. That was, remember when she talked about religion, she said, like, that was that hope and. The fact that it could be useful information in the form of legends were the only reasons religion were useful. Um, but she's really big on this idea of hope. She told Ellen Venture when he was trying to be king about being trustworthy and being a source of hope. And, he, and she reveals why she's been ignoring Sazed these past couple of days. She's mad at him for sending them away. She's mad at them for sending Vin away. The last symbol of hope that anyone in the city had. Mm-hmm. Um. And she just straight up says that you might be right, but you might be wrong. You're most likely wrong, but you could be right. Um, and she tells Sazed, you know the reason I love you. I love you because 
you are essentially like the wind. You can bend and move around everything when needed, but you're also not afraid to stand firm and push back whenever you have to. Um, and they just have this moment together before the wall drums begin to beat, signaling an attack, and that's the end of chapter 50. So we're, this is the beginning, the first snowball of the Sandalanche. Um, interesting details that came in here that, you know, only in hindsight, you know, there was this weird fire. Um, we'll bring that up later. You know, there's something going on, you know, with the col- with the Coloss. Um, they get, they actually get Vin and Ellen to actually go away, um, which, okay, sure. Um, the big reveal, I think, I mean, based on what we're seeing, right, we all know this is a three book series. Can't really have the third book if your main heroes are here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, everyone's basically <laughs> like, uh, this is like that. Um, oh man, this is going to be kind of a weird reference signs when they have the last mm. supper, they all yeah. like expect that something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the pool, the really neat thing uh, that came out like chapter 49 was, how um, Straff the whole time wasn't being poisoned, or he was, but the whole time it was really a ploy to get him addicted. Um, and that's what I remember that we remember like a few chapters I, ago. You brought that up off off mic, and I was like, wait, that happened? Because I had always, the way I remembered it was Zane did finally poison him, and Amarenta was just like, that was the final time. So when Zane left, she was like, cool, not healing you this time. And I thought that's what happened. Yeah, no. It, it, well, what was funny is like a few chapters ago, we remember how, you know, Zane was like, it should have kicked in by now. And then he noticed something and he was like, how did he sneak something into me? You know, whatever. And in the end, it was withdrawals. He yeah. was sitting here. He was saying it should have kicked in by now. Your withdrawal should have kicked in by now. The only real attempt at poisoning, though. It, it's It's funny. The only because uh, Straff mentioned that he spent he devoted all his time to learning the scents and the smells and the taste of poison because he's a tenai. Mm-hmm. But the only time he ever mentioned, I think, those scents and taste, other than the feeling, he always mentioned the feeling. The only time he mentioned the scents and taste was when the very first time we saw the the servant actually try to poison him, and that was when Zane went. She wanted to do it, so I just let her do it. Yeah. And other than that, he would always just say, I feel it inside of me. And that was the withdrawals. And I think that's such a cool, like, continuity of detail, right? Right, right. And it, 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 it makes some, at least some sense that that, that would be the way. Because Zane's always one step ahead of everyone, except for, you know, when ATM gets beaten in a in a kind of a fluke way. Um, but the, he's a fool. Did he not know he was fighting the main protagonist? <laughs> It's, it's, it's like those uh, those TikToks where it's like, oh no, man, that's the anime protagonist. I'm telling you, you can't do it. He's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna bust something out at the last minute. Yep. Um, but um, the other thing is, is that Van is seeing this figure in the mist again. Uh, that's something that was coming up earlier. The mist spirit. And last time, I want to say the last time she had an actual confrontation with the mist spirit was that moment. It like zung up and like zapped her zapped her yeah it uh, shocked her because we, we we've heard in the previous chapter she still knows it's there it's still following her she still sees it but she never tried to go confront it again and now it's kind of here still following them I... but the, this is like the the stage being set i mean um everyone you know expected if with Vin around that she'd figure something out but the thing i want to say about well ascension is we kept saying that it keeps ratcheting things up 
Um, I think the perfect like microcosm of that was like when when Vin was fighting Zane. And it was like, it seemed like she had an advantage. Like, ah, I have Duralamine. Nope, Zane has Duralamine. Ah, I have ATM. Nope, actually, you don't have ATM. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and she's like, I'm going to pull the mists in like I did last time. Nope, that's not going to work either. And this is kind of like the microcosm of that. It's like every advantage you thought they would have, guess what? Ellen is gone, so your leadership is gone. Ven is gone, so your Mistborn is gone. Uh, and everyone is just kind of like sitting around going, Holy crap, we are really, really, you know, set up. You know, we're screwed. Um, the this is kind of if I was gonna do another analog to Final Empire, this is the part of the heist where everything starts to fail, right? And so yeah. you're expecting something to come out, but there is nothing. There's nothing that they can lean on. And that's what they're kind of setting up here. Like everyone's trying to say their goodbyes and you know, say, Okay, we're gonna send people out, we're gonna separate the group which we all know from Scooby-Doo, splitting up never works out. Um, yeah. Um, but they're going to... Spl- this, is, this is very like Superman, like Krypton, you know, Krypton, I think it was. Is that Krypton, the planet, being being destroyed and sending out Superman as kind of like the last bastion. This is very much, uh, uh, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, sending out with Ellen and Vin here, which... I want to say now, when I first read this, okay, I was waiting for that final Empire moment the entire time. When is this going to turn back around? Oh, it's okay. Brandon did this to me before. He's going to ramp it up. He's going to keep ratcheting it up. But we're going to have the turning point. We're going to have the turning point. Enter in Star Wars meme. We're going to have the turning point, right? <laughs> Uh, right yeah so um and that's the whole that's what this book has been it's been a lot of like the you know um you know we're thinking ellen's gonna pull it out the last minute he's gonna he's gonna get his crown back it's all gonna like settle in nope um oh you know vin is gonna like pull this fight out and he she kind of did you know with with zane and everything but still it was just like best we've gotten that's like the best we've gotten um and like every everyone's like, oh, Tensoon betrayed her, which yeah, kind of that that kind of ended up working out in the I end mean, for her. Yes and no. I w- I would want to say in the end, Tensoon had her back. Well, I mean, he gave her the he gave away their secrets. He gave away the Duralamine. He set Straff up to be able to beat them. I mean, Straff is only in the position right now where he's in um, to be able to leave them to the Coloss because of what Tensoon did. Yeah. And so it's almost like, you know, yeah, he kind of somewhat did something at the end, but still, like, he, this is what we're dealing with. And, you know, they have uh, Tendwell, you know, coming in saying, like, look, you send away, like, our own, you know, our one beacon of hope. And at the very end of this chapter, it's like, okay, they're coming. Yeah. And I think the big thing here, too, is that moment when she said, you sent away our beacon of hope, it really hit me hard. Because I remember back to what Says had said a couple chapters ago. You know, I'm sending my friends away. I'm happy about it, but I'm a liar. How is history going to paint a picture of me here? And I t- not going to be great with the way Tindal is saying things. Because, like you said, Vin was the fe- beacon of hope. You know, if you want to like joke around a bit, the 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 plot armor is gone. <laughs> at this point the the main protagonists are off 
and you know hopefully they can reach the well of ascension in time and because that's that's the silver bullet here right that is that is the last hope is reaching the well of ascension i think they did a really interesting and cool thing of setting up the potential because i don't think we talked about it but they set up the potential Caesar mentioned it is there potential military alliance with terrace because wouldn't that mean there's more keepers and if if they can be convinced to fight that having a bunch of ferrochemists on your side could be arguably as good as having a group of alamancers well and one and the one thing that that says it did to say which was actually a good point which you know could come up is then if you reach the will of ascension there's a chance that you'll have the power to save everyone anyway so you know that'd be a that'd be a cool thing except he sent her into basically a random spot the place that everyone says the well of ascension is but uh he has no proof that it's actually there yeah and a big thing here too is well the sad part about that right is Sazed it could be there but Sazed's like I don't think it. he even says he doesn't even think it's there he, he, he straight up lied right right he said like I'm pretty sure but he said it's the only place he could send her away yeah I want to talk a little bit about Orianne uh-huh. okay Orianne this entire time we had this character who again when we first came in what did we think spy right right had to be a spy and then we learned she riots emotions. And I went, in my head, I went, super spy. You Definitely. know, like, super spy. Like, if you can co- corrupt Breeze here. And then it gave me pause because I was like, wait, Set was, was actually tricked by Breeze. You know, and then he admitted it. Does that mean that, like, did they play Breeze? Did they not play Breeze? Did, and then we learned here that Orianne's a mastermind. Did Orianne play Breeze? Did she not play Breeze? And then we eventually come all the way full loop to... Orianne played herself. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to play this guy. Dang, the feels. They got me. You played yourself. They got me good. Um, but it was kind of crazy how in command she was when she came back. Like, and not in the traditional sense. She didn't just like walk in and go, hey, said, uh, yeah, dad, get over here snapping. Get over here. This is what we're going to do. Let's go. She did do that. But in that weird, just weird roundabout way that you just know, uh, that she has set around her finger. Mm-hmm. I want to say he even makes the offhanded comment, right? Did he make the offhanded comment? He goes, I should have left you back in my kingdom. And she's like, oh, so our political enemies could have me killed after they've taken power. And he goes, nah, if I would have left you back there, you would have had Lord Yeoman eating out, like feeding you snacks within an hour mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and so we get the sense that Seth's had this super powerful tool in his pocket through Orianne this entire time. And it ended up being crazy because Breeze helps even more than we could have even imagined after having basically brought Set here to give them a fighting chance. We also learned that indirectly through giving Orian attention and actually spending time with her, that he may have given them the best bargaining chip they possibly could have ever happened on accident. And I just think that's really cool in this moment that it was like, Breeze, the person who's known for not caring about anyone, and then we learn, okay, he actually does care about everybody. He does. He just plays it off that he doesn't. Comes full circle to because of his emotion and because of how he sees emotions and how open he is with them, and basically because he is a good person, it caused Orianne to fall for him. And when Orianne fell for him, that is the only reason that Set is even here. In a position where they're kind of turning around. Yeah, I mean, she did. She's like, we're turning this thing around. And Seth's like, fine. He said, I can't promise you. I hope you know this, right? 
I will help whoever looks like they're going to win. And the odds are against Breeze, you know. And he says, oh, the odds are against Breeze mm-hmm. because he knows exactly why Orianne wants to turn around. And Orianne's like, you know, it's the best shot I can give him. And I think what's, well, man, it again, it just says so much about this because we're clinging. I'm like, I'm clinging to that little bit of hope. And that isn't even anything. It isn't even a promise here because at this point we've been given nothing. We've been given no, basically no victories outside of uh, Vin overcoming Zane. Mm-hmm. Definitely no victories for the city. And the person who betrayed Ellen has taken over and everything. His plans have fallen through. There's nothing left to hold on to but hope. And in the next set of three chapters, the Sanderlanch is in full swing. And we get to see arguably my favorite moment of the Mistborn series as Sazed attempts to hold his gate. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.